Good morning. Uh, my name is Steve and uh, it's a joy to be able to share with you this morning. I actually live just around the corner from Bridge of Dawn Baptist Church uh, myself and I was really excited when Andy asked me to come and share with you this uh, today and so um, yeah it's a real privilege and I'm only sorry that I don't get to really uh, see you all face to face today. Um, but yeah, uh, welcome to the new norm. Welcome to this kind of new situation of uh, kind of isolation and quarantine. Um, I say welcome because our little girl got uh, cancer at the end of last year. Um, she's nearly two years old and she just finished at the end of that kind of cancer journey now. And we'd really been looking forward to coming out of isolation. Uh, this is going to be the second time that we um, went to church um, with our little girl since it all started. But here we are um, back in isolation. And do you know what? God is good. And I really believe that this uh, time of reflection, this time of figuring out how to do things differently together as brothers and sisters is a real opportunity to think about these sorts of questions. Why should we pray? What, what's the benefit here? I've had quite a lot of friends who are atheists and they just don't get it. They, you know, they say, oh, you, you talk to your sky fairy who never talks back to you. And if he does talk back, it's all in your head. And they just don't get the intimacy that's there. Um, when my wife and I were back dating, um, we met at a great, great distance. I was here in Aberdeen and she was over in Great Falls, Montana. And we would have Skype dates, a, a, a bit like we're kind of now stuck having with all of our church and friends now. Um, but we would uh, talk and chat for kind of days and weeks. And I remember the first time I ever met her face to face, um, I went to visit um, her parents and got to meet them. And they, on the, the first day, decided to play a game. And I don't know if you've ever played uh, Taboo. It's, it's like a word game. We do like word association to figure out one word without using a bunch of other words. And um, essentially, a long story short, they, they used um, all these stories from their family and from their history to, to try and get the words they needed and try and kind of uh, get it as fast as they could. But um, they still lost, uh, apparently, from just having spent so many weeks kind of talking with each other and sharing with each other. Vanessa and I knew each other so well that we were able to do this kind of word association together a lot faster than our parents who had spent years together. And it took them a long time to figure out that just by sharing together and talking together regularly, Ness and I really got to know each other. And part of that came from just the sheer willingness to be honest and open with who we really were. And that's part of where we enter into the reality of prayer, because prayer is hard. And to, to begin with, especially as a, as a non-Christian, you don't really know God. And I think we start off with all these kind of fears and worries and doubts, and we, we kind of grow up with this fear that, that God is this uh, great, powerful being that, you know, 
might listen to us occasionally and might help us in some ways, but otherwise isn't all that interested. And as long as we kind of preserve and nurture that kind of mindset, that continues to put us off praying. And that really is where Jesus comes into it all. He kind of shows us, he, he models this daily walk with God, where God is his kind of close heavenly father. And when he taught his disciples how to pray, he, he said, you know, call him your father. The, the word they use is so kind of warm and, and specific. It's like daddy. This is somebody who is close and near to us. So Jesus uh, treated God with that kind of closeness and intimacy that ultimately became available for us when he died. It says in the Bible that through him we have access to the Father by one spirit, that we all come into this equal relationship with him where we are able to kind of come before him and share whatever is on our hearts. And so prayer becomes something that is not kind of distant or disconnected, but something that is intimate and familiar. And like most Christians, I've had periods in my life where I have been further away from God and where I have been nearer to him. I've never had kind of a perfect sorted prayer life and I'm, I'm kind of working on that right now. But the key is inviting God into our lives and into our situations. I remember the day that Zoe was given her cancer diagnosis and I came home and I had to leave my daughter and my wife in the hospital and I remember going through the kind of dark quiet house by myself and it was all very sad and I remember walking past um, her bedroom it was all dark and I could see her cot and I just remember kind of falling down on my knees and crying out God please please can i bring her back please can i ask for that can i hope for that can i hope to put my little girl back in her bed again lord i trust you and i love you and i thank you that, that you love her even more than i do and i'm really struggling would you help me and those early days of uh, Zoe's diagnosis, there was a lot of difficulty, a lot of angst, a lot of kind of prayer, especially for, for me and my wife. And we just had to bring God back into the middle of it and ask him, that, you know, we don't understand what's going on here, but please, would you light the way and would you use this to, to um, reach others? Would you use it to... Um, encourage and strengthen us and those around us. Would, would you kind of use this for good even when it seems like a bad situation? And we're kind of in prayer, we, we hope for and long for that kind of intimacy with God. And, but if, if God really is so near and intimate, then why do we struggle with this? I think we kind of get that God is big and powerful. We're talking about the guy who lit every star in the sky as casually as you might light a candle. He knows how many fish are in the sea and he remembers the day that my grandmother was born. He knows all the most wonderful thoughts that have ever entered my head and all of the most shameful thoughts that have ever passed through as well. And that in principle can be terrifying. I, I wasn't always a Christian 
uh, when I was a non-Christian, I literally wanted nothing to do with God. I hated the idea of a God, that there was anybody out there that um, could see and know all the stuff that was going on in my heart. And I assumed that anybody like that just would not like me, that they would hate me. Um, I was not a nice person. And I really struggled with that idea that God could know me completely, all the deepest and worst parts of me, and still love me. And I remember on that day when I finally uh, turned to him, I remember kind of calling out with that uh, man who came to Jesus once upon a time and said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And we find this is a theme in, in, the, in the scriptures and in our own lives, that we are weak and we don't really know what we're doing most of the time. But God does. In Romans 8.26, uh, Paul says that the Spirit helps us to pray. That as Christians, that God gives us the, the Holy Spirit, that kind of peace of him that lives inside us. And not only does he help us, to pray when we don't know how, but he also even prays for us when we don't know what to pray for. And it's okay that we don't know where to begin. It's okay when we're just kind of figuring it all out and, and trying to figure out what does it mean? How do I talk to God? At the end of the day, it's just about being honest. It's kind of starting off that kind of relationship with somebody that we've never spoken to and introducing ourselves and, and, and getting to know him and, and sharing with him. I mean, here's somebody who has been with me every moment of my life, that the only person who knows all the things that I remember, who was with me in every moment there and will be with me in every moment in the future. And when we're figuring out how to talk to him, that's okay. Um, I see my, my daughter is only just not even two yet and she's really she's got tons of words now but she's figuring out words all the time and we don't kind of stand there judging her going oh I can't believe that you got that word wrong or oh I'm, I'm, I'm not even gonna listen to you or help you we, we kind of you know crouch down look at her in her eye level and we, we, we say, you know, what is it? What are you trying to say? And we, and we try and help her and guide her along there, kind of patiently interpreting her words. There, there's that closeness and intentionality. We want to understand her. And in the same way, God created you. He loves you. He will be with you for every moment of your life. And he wants to hear you. He wants to, to have that, that closeness with you, and he wants that so badly that he sent Jesus. That he sent somebody who could model for you what it looks like to pray, and then somebody who, even in, in his moment of death, would trade that intimacy, that, that Jesus could take um, all the kind of sin and darkness that's in our hearts and give us, in, in, in its place, this intimate walk with God. And so as we pray, hopefully our hearts are changed along the way. Um, one of the difficult things about prayer is that we begin often and we grow, this is how I began anyway, just thinking that, you know, we pray because we want stuff. 
And for me as a child, that's kind of why I gave up on God to begin with. That on the few times as a child that I ever prayed, it was utterly selfish for some stupid thing that I probably didn't need anyway, and it never worked. And I felt, okay, if God doesn't listen to me, then that's just no point. But the thing is, God is not a slot machine. He's not just uh, some kind of sky fairy, as kind of some of my atheist friends used to say, just there to, to, to give us stuff or withhold it. The following after Jesus, being his disciples, kind of following on from his example, we want that type of close walk with him. He is not a slot machine. He is not a tool or an app or, or just some device for, for us to get what we want. He is our loving parent who knows better than we do and who wants the best for us. He is always with us. He always listens to us. And so sometimes in, in that context, we get confused. Why isn't God responding the way that I want him to? If you think about it one way, God always answers prayers. It's just not always a yes. Um, sometimes it can be helpful to, to think of them a bit like uh, traffic lights. So either when we pray, we get that green light and yes, God will do it and he is glad to do it. And as, as often in the um, key things that we know the scriptures have already asked us to do and kind of caring for the people around us and sharing his word. But, but sometimes in, in more kind of unique and amazing things, I remember my brother had a, a lump that grew on his lung when he was um, not even an early teenager yet. And it wasn't, it wasn't cancerous, it was just an extra growth on his lung called a, a pulmonary sequestration. But the thing is, it was causing lots of back pain for him. And they needed to, to get it out before he grew any more with it. And they couldn't do that without taking half of his lung with it. All the scans showed that it was so kind of closely connected. They were going to have to literally take half of his lung, reduce his lung capacity by one third. And that was going to be a lifelong thing to, to get him back to a comfortable place. And I remember gathering together with brothers and sisters from my church on that morning before his operation. And we all got together and we prayed for him. And, and you know, we, we never know how God is going to answer these things. Like sometimes he heals people and sometimes he doesn't. But uh, that afternoon, I got the call from my mum who had been with him. And the whole operation had been done in a couple of hours rather than you know 12 20 hours as it was meant to be they'd gone in and the lump that all the scans had shown to be connected to his lung was free floating and they were able just to lift it out and he was better and there's, there's plenty of other stories i can give you but the thing is that god does answer prayer now the next kind that we get is sometimes the, the amber light that Yes, but not yet. Wait. I prayed for such a long time that God would lead me to um, kind of a wonderful, godly wife, somebody who loved him, somebody who would be kind of um, a great kind of partner to me and hopefully a mother to my children. And for a long time, that was not a yes. It was a wait. Um, it's not yet time. I didn't meet my wife until I was 27, 28. That's about 10 years after I had begun praying for that. And so sometimes it's just a matter of being patient. 
But equally, that could have been a red light. It could have been a no, and that would have been okay. Um, we, we, we get red lights sometimes. I remember when my grandpa um, had a stroke and it was a severe life impacting thing and we did see improvement but ultimately he never got better and we find that God sometimes does shut doors in our lives and actually all that we can really do is to pray through that not not necessarily demanding that we have our way in everything that's going on but but rather that he would enter into our pain into our struggle and help us to figure out what's going on and comfort us and we don't understand uh, cory ten boom once said um, that when a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark you don't throw away your ticket and jump off you sit still and trust the driver so we figure it out, kind of step by step, day by day. And if you've never prayed before, I'd give you three tips on how to start. First of all, keep it simple. It's, it's okay to pray, God, be with me today. Amen. Or God, forgive me for what I just did. I think sometimes we get intimidated just because when we hear other people pray, they're, they're big, long, sophisticated prayers, and half the time they don't even sound all that honest, if we're honest. And just actually having that simple, open relationship is really the key thing. Second, I mean, let's keep it honest. We don't have to be in a certain mood to come to God. If you read the Bible, if you read the Psalms, you see that people were praying to God when they were angry, when they were upset, when they were afraid, when they were worried. We don't have to be in a good mood to come to God. It's okay to, to just come to him with whatever is going on with you today. And it's a bit like how when you go to um, maybe your parent or your spouse or whoever, and if you're kind of hiding how you really feel, you don't really get the best out of the conversations and the best out of that relationship. We have to be able to open up and say what's really going on if we're going to build a relationship positively. And so we had to keep it simple, keep it honest and keep it going. It's good to, to start a habit of prayer. If you've never prayed before, try it. Ask God, put, 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 put the, the, the challenge to him. You know, God, make yourself known in my life. Would you, would you kind of reveal yourself to me? It all has to begin somewhere. In our house, we always begin with thanking God. We thank him for the beautiful day, for our health, for beautiful food. Um, for whatever God is doing with us right now, whatever is pleasing and good in our lives and kind of cultivating that gratitude and recognition of the things that God gives us. Um, it's good to say sorry, to um, confess what's going on with us. If we're honest, there is all there are always kind of dark and difficult things going on in our hearts. It's good to, to open that up and to, to be honest and to say that actually I'm not some amazing perfect person. God, would you take these things? Would you change these things? Would you forgive these things and help me to follow Jesus better? And also, so we've had thank you, we've had sorry, and please, anything that is on your heart is big enough to ask for. There's nothing too big or too small. 
in, in the same way that my little daughter, I'm, I'm really interested in what she's saying to me, whether it's this amazing picture she's coloured or whether it's just this little hair that's on her finger that she's quite annoyed about. That there's nothing too big or too small because it all belongs to God anyway. He, he owns the big, he owns the small, it's all his. And above all of it, he cares about us and about what's going on in our hearts. So I don't know who you are or where you're at with God today, but I would really invite you that in this <laughs> indoor season that we have ahead of us, would you take this opportunity to pray, to invite God into our situation, into our worries, into our doubts, and give him that that opportunity to not only work in our lives but to work in a way that we recognize because we've asked for it but otherwise if, if we don't talk to him in prayer and he just does stuff for us anyway then we just assume that those things happen answered prayer in itself doesn't typically prove god's existence because there's lots of different ways that things can happen but the thing is that when we pray coincidences happen and when we don't they don't if I look back over my life at the periods when I prayed the most, those are the periods when big things were happening and when, when God really would make, you know, uh, amazing changes in my life. I remember going and uh, talking to my placement supervisor down at Bible College and I, I said to him, I don't know about my next placement. I'm kind of, I would like to go to Thailand, but I don't really know how or where. And he said, that's okay, well, we can, we can pray about that. And, and, and I went away. And, and the next day, one of the girls that I'd shared a placement with previously came uh, came kind of bounding into the common room and said to me, oh, um, I've just had a great meeting with my placement suit supervisor. I have uh, I've managed to fix a placement to Thailand, but he's saying that there's a problem because I can't really go out by myself and I need somebody to go with me. <laughs> and and it's funny because our, our prayer just kind of like met in the middle at that moment. And we find, I mean, I, I could tell you tons of stories about these sorts of things if we had the time. But the fact is that we just have to invite God into our lives if we really want him to work. And so over these months ahead, uh, when we're kind of all kind of under our own separate roofs and self-isolating and whatever else, this is a great opportunity to invite God into the quiet places of our hearts and to figure out how to do this. And so I hope that you really have a great and blessed week ahead and that you would know in God's presence with you that you would uh, invite him into the worries and the challenges. And uh, as we finish now, let's, let's close in a short prayer. Father, we thank you that there is nothing too small that we can bring to you. And so we bring ourselves, we bring our lives, our worries, our fears, our doubts. We want to see you working in these things. We want you to rescue us from uh, so many of the things that we're afraid of. And we want to see you moving powerfully in our lives. Would you bless us, help us as we figure out how to adjust to this new norm and uh, be present with us in everything that, that happens in, in this whole week ahead. Be with us now, in Jesus' name.
Amen.